Hello, hello, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes. It is that time again, time for another MBH Plays special presentation for our patrons, and a little later down the road, for everyone else as well. Really excited for you to hear the second part of our adventure with Mike and Bree, as our four adventurers, Ayla, Harbinger, Minnie, and Jimalil Karth, make their way through this central island there in the Kalen River, looking for an entrance to the grove, hoping that they might find Elevandre Honorius. I know you're wondering, are they going to find him? Can they save him? What is this beast or thing or whatever that is supposed to be waiting at the middle of this island? Will they survive? Well, uh, you're going to find out right now. Thank you so much for being a listener. Uh, For all of our patrons, thank you so much for being a patron, for just making all of this worthwhile. Again, just a disclaimer, I know that you already know, but some of the audio here is recorded with just standard mics, nothing special like we typically use. But don't worry, we've got all the effects you've come to expect, all of the music, and overall I think it sounds great. So, here we go. Without further ado, here is the second part of our Make Believe Champions special, The Search for Elevanre. Anorias. I grab my greatsword because I don't want to forget that here. Oh, yeah, get that greatsword. So, Manny's going to stay a dire wolf okay. just for a, a little bit. Yeah, you can stay as that for how for, long? Like an hour? I think it said two hours. Two hours? Okay. You can stay that way for two hours. But I get some like advantages on hearing wisdom. and smelling and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That's cool. So Minnie stays as a big wolf, big puppy dog. Uh, What are you all doing? So Minnie is going to stand very tall as Mm -hmm. a dire wolf and look at him and just... (laughs) She's going to point kind of like a dog does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then kind of look back and wink at him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And she's going to start... I think she's going to do a perception check. Okay. And head idea. that way. All right. Go ahead and give me a perception with advantage. You have a plus six to it, perception right now. Okay. So that's a 19. Okay. That's a 12. Okay. So you got a 19 plus six, 25. Yeah. Uh, you don't perceive by hearing or smelling anything like what you guys just fought. You, it seems like you're safe right now. Okay. With that, she's just going to start walking to the woods. Okay. Kind of just you can tell she's like alert. Okay, so she starts walking through the woods. So the rest of you follow after. I follow. Shortly, I'm gonna first ask: Does anyone have any potions? Oh, I got them. Did they like morph into her when she morphed into a wolf? I think they did. Yeah. <laughs> I think your clothes kind of turn with you, don't they, when you wild shape? Can she like cough it up or something? Yeah. <laughs> She, she poops it out. She poops out a little bit. Uh, no. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm immune to disease. <laughs> I'll say that I, I don't want I don't want this to be a, a big problem, so I don't want to ruin her wild shape either. I'll say that like, like I have bag, them on a your bag is there. Got a backpack, okay. a wolf yeah. backpack. Yeah, your your little bag. You've got like you've got like, like you know how when saddle. people in cartoons they like run away from home, they take a stick and they wrap stuff in a handkerchief. You just got like a <laughs> handkerchief tied around your neck and it's full of healing potions. Yeah. So I'm just gonna sit there and I'm gonna look proud as you have to dig through this handkerchief. <laughs> Is it like a barrel like the Saint Bernards have in the, in yeah, the except it's except it's a big like <laughs> green handkerchief, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
And that was a greater. One greater. Is that two D four or I don't it know? It's four D four plus four. Oh wow. I'm gonna drink one of those. Okay. Because that last fight was a little rough. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I think I should grab one as well. Okay. So forty four. Forty four. I heal forty four damage. That was really good. Yeah, I rolled three fours and a three. Wow. Good. So seventeen plus four? 15. 15. Oh, my math was wrong. Yeah, 15 plus 4. 19. 19. Mm. I only healed 10. Okay. I mean, if you guys needed to take a short rest, you could, but you can also just press on. It's up to you. Like I'm doing okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm good. You didn't even use any spell slots, did you, Alan? I didn't. I just used uh, cantrips. Okay. Okay. You all begin to press through the forest again. And it's still slow going, but now you're a little bit more cautious. You realize that this place wants to kill you. And uh, you make your way slowly through the forest. After a time, uh, you all do eventually come to a place where it's like the island is coming up onto a hill. Like I said, you should be able to walk across one end of this town to the other in two hours. But with the slow moving of the difficult terrain, it takes you about that long to reach what you would figure to be the center. How long did you say? It takes you about two hours. Okay, well, I'm not a wolf anymore. Well, you guys had already traveled pretty far in before you did the whole change. So I'll say about an hour you get to the center. You'd also, we'll say you've already traveled for about an hour before this happened. So you guys are traveling through, and as you are, it, it continues to get cooler. It never gets uncomfortably cold. It's darker, like I said. You feel sort of paranoid and nervous, and uh, eventually you come to a place where the ground, the terrain, starts to lead up pretty steeply, kind of a steep hill. And you guys press up the hill. You know, it's you're, you're starting to get kind of tired. You're pressing through the difficult terrain. And finally, for the first time, there's a break in the terrain, and it's a wide open clearing at the top of this mm. hill. And the trees are sort of around it, making a dome that comes up over this clearing. But it's a big open area where you guys could walk freely, except in the center of it, there is a structure. It looks like an ancient stone structure. It is sort of round, kind of like a dome. It looks very, very old, like old gray stone. And it is absolutely covered in vines and growth plant life and moss have just completely covered this stone and uh, as you guys are stepping forward you can see you're walking directly toward what looks like a doorway and i mean this thing's probably 40 50 feet high you know it's very tall and you walk up and there's this large door probably a 10 foot doorway and there is this very large stone blocking the doorway it's like a large circular stone covered in vines and plants and growth and everything. Well, this doesn't seem ominous at all. (laughs) Jim cautiously touches the stone. Okay, you step up and you touch the stone. It's covered. Like I said, it's totally covered in in vines and moss and everything. So you kind of, you just touch it, you kind of brush some of that off, trying to look at it. What are you doing? Uh, So at first, just kind of touch it. And if things are safe, then I kind of try to pull some of the vines off to get a good, good look at it. Okay, so you touch it and you don't like explode or have dark visions of, of alternate worlds or anything crazy. You do start to brush it off. And once you go ahead and give me an investigation check while you're looking at it. I'll go ahead and give you an investigation check while I'm looking at it. While you're looking at it. I got a natural one. 
plus five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are looking it over, and you slide your hand across it, and when you do, like a big thorn jibs you right in the hand, and you die. Poison. <laughs> oh. It's hard to say Jim says something in Elvish that's not appropriate, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you you don't take any damage or anything. You're just kind of looking it over, and uh, I don't know, maybe it's the cold, maybe it's the dim light. Uh, you're just you're struggling to sort of... You're seeing these symbols uh, sort of on it. You're kind of running your hand over them, but they don't... It's like you can't place what they are, and you can't really bring it into into focus, if that makes sense. So Jim looks at it, and he pulls out a scroll and looks down, and it says, ah, it says, speak friend and enter. So you speak friend? Yeah, in, yeah, in, in uh, uh, Primordial. In pr- <laughs> Nothing happens. Oh. Jim says, well, I've done all I can do. And he sits down. <laughs> he just sits on the ground. Okay. What are the rest so of you Jim was brushing it off. Can I do, like, a perception check or something to see if there's anything? Yeah, perception's fine. You can do perception. 16 on the dice plus okay. 7. Okay. Okay. That's pretty oh, good. Wow. So you notice as Jim is brushing it off and like just completely ignoring it, you see a bunch of symbols and they look old. They look sort of elvish in nature, some of them, but very old. You don't necessarily recognize them, but then you do notice something as he brushes a hand over one spot, but then just keeps going. He kind of doesn't check like the dead center of the stone, which you would think would be the first place he looked, but <laughs> apparently not. You see something that kind of catches your eye, and you step up, and you kind of pull some of the vines and the growth back. And in the center of this stone is a symbol. It is the symbol of Atonia, the Triquetra. It is an exact Mm -hmm. replica, and and it's actually not just, like, drawn on or even carved on. It looks like an indention shaped like that. Mm. So Jim starts whenever he sees that, and it's like, oh, I thought it was too obvious to look there. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's clearly Atonia's symbol. Do you know exactly what we should do with it? (laughs) Do I, DM? Well, you do notice that it seems to be the same shape and size as a certain totem that you have. So I pull out this totem and stick it in there. You pull out this thing, and it's the shape of the Triquetra of Atonia, very like the one that Elevonre gave you all when you entered into the grove for the first time. This was gifted to you by Atonia herself. And as you bring it toward the stone door, it glows with that orange and dark green and dark red that is so uh, familiar. And the stone, all of those symbols, light up with a bright autumnal orange glow. And when they do, you hear a sort of shifting of stone behind it. And then it stops. The glow goes away. What did you do? (laughs) I put the thing in the place and some stuff happened. Does it look like the door moved at all when he did that? It doesn't look like it moved at all, no. You heard the glowing, and then you heard some clicking and shifting of stone. I go push on the door. Okay, so you Harbinger, you step up and you give it a good solid push. Uh, Go ahead and make me a strength or athletics check, either one. That is a 23. Wow. Okay, yeah, that's plenty. You are easily able to just roll this big stone out of the way with an ominous... Stone grating against stone, the the uh, the door rolls to the side, and uh, there's a cool draft blowing from inside, and it's very dark. So, Minnie's going to walk into the door, okay, and kind of sniff around. Okay, it smells stale and old in here. 
She's gonna do a perception. Okay. Check. And then whatever. Okay. So you got like a 18? So you know, like I said, you don't really notice yeah, anything. You don't smell anything like living inside. There's an old, stale smell, and you smell something very, very unfamiliar to you. Okay. <laughs> All right. She turns around at him. Mm-hmm. She closes her eyes like you could tell the wolf just closes both eyes and kind of winces. Mm-hmm. And then I turn back into Minnie. I'm okay. like, I've checked it out a little, and I don't sense that anything's around us right now, so we should just keep moving. And she's going to make the cantrip and, like, do a flame in her hand. Produce flame? Yeah. Okay. And kind of... Shine as a light? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stealthily proceed in. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give me a stealth check. It's a 15. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. Uh, what do the other two do? I will follow enough behind her where I can still try to see Ayla, but mm-hmm. not wreck the stealth. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I likewise follow behind using my robe of eyes to see as much as I can given the situation with the light. It's dark. Uh, do you, all of you have dark vision? Do Warforged have dark vision? No. No, they do not. I think the rest of you do, but Minnie is shining somewhat of a light with her flame that has been produced. So as you guys uh, step inside, you begin to step forward to walk forward. And as you do, you hear the sound of stone grating against stone as the door rolls shut behind you. Hmm. That's never good. That's not ominous. <laughs> <laughs> so you step forward. It's a stone floor in here. It's cold. It's it's almost uncomfortably cold in here, but it's not like winter. It's just very damp and dark and cool, like a cave would be, uh, where water has been running through. Even though you don't hear any water, uh, it is still very damp in here. And you're just going forward slowly, slowly you're approaching. Jim, I would say with your superior robiness, with your eyes, your robe of eyes, you are the first to notice up ahead a sort of shape in the very dim light of the flame shining from Minnie's hands. There's a shape ahead, guys. It's a... It's large. Quadrilateral, maybe a... Goodness. Parallelogram. (laughs) Please. You guys are still moving forward, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes. Jim, the first thing you see is you see something very large towering. It looks like some sort of a monstrous form, uh, and it kind of comes into your vision all at once. It's just enough of the light illuminates it, and uh, you all sort of just stop short as you see a very, very disconcerting view. You see this stone doorway, like an archway, sort of, but it's like out in the middle of the floor. There's no walls around it. It's just a large stone archway with a lot of uh, symbols and arcane writings drawn onto it, and there's a door in the middle of it, like a solid stone door. And you see another one of those symbols in the middle, but this is just like etched on. It's not an indention for that symbol of Atonia. But that's not really what gets your eyes. This like 10, maybe 12 foot door standing there is surrounded by something. Something is draped over it. And just all around it, and it is the skeletal remains of a dragon. Gasp. What? Is this Kelly? It is. 
Jim, you immediately realize you guys are looking upon the completely deteriorated corpse of one of the Dracon Kelly. Jim is just taken aback. He's like stunned and speechless. You can see that there are these shackles around its feet and its neck. Jim, what is this? This is a, a dragon, one of the Dracon Kelly. Um, I've heard of them, but I don't know. But it's dead, right? Oh, yeah. It appears to be, yes, which is maybe good, but probably not. It's mostly skeleton with some sort of leathery skin remains draped over it. You guys can see what looks like skin that it has shed over the years, just like piled up around it. Ayla, actually, as you're kind of hanging back, but you can see exceptionally well in the dark, you notice on the floor what look like a few of these, like, sloughed-off scales. Do you pick one up? Yes. You just kind of reach down with a hand near it, because it's big. Now that you're up on it, you can see it's kind of wrapped around it, and its tail's coming around. Like, it's everywhere. It's filling up this area. Can I just, like, get a closer look at it before I, like... Just full-on pick it up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You kind of just lean down, you look, and you can see glimmering in the dull light of the flame coming from Minnie's hands, you can see this green flicker on its scales. Mm. How about that? I don't know if I Would like the look, look of that? this. <laughs> Would you look at that? Okay, I'm, I'll pick it up. Cautiously. That's fine. You just pick up a few of its scales, and they are hard as steel, but very light. They're dragon scales. Look like bright green dragon scales. I mean, obviously, you've never seen a dragon, Mm -hmm. but you are familiar with the lore of the Drake and Kelly, and you know that there was only one green. There's only one of each. And so it would appear that this is the green dragon Mm -hmm. and that she is dead. I'll show it to everybody so that everyone can see the color and everything. Can Minnie pick one up and take it? Yeah. Okay, so Minnie's going to pick one up after you pick one up. And she's going to put it in her backpack or whatever she's got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pick I'll one on up. To the ones I have too. And then I'm going to go over to like one of the feet of the dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, that shackle or whatever. I'm going to start poking at it with the greatsword. Okay. See if the bones come apart. The bones are still very, very hard. It doesn't disintegrate or anything like that. They seem pretty well petrified, if that makes sense. Yeah. Are they are they like jointed together though? Can I like move one of the toe bones away from the other toe bones? I'd say that you could probably pry one loose. Okay. I just do that just to see if I can. You can. You do that. What's Jim doing? He is studying it intently, trying to figure out if he can understand why it's here how it died, uh, anything relevant to the situation, as well as just his general curiosity. You roll me an investigation check, Jim. That is a 14. Okay. Well, you notice the shackles, right? Yeah. And as you're, as you're looking at it, you're remembering some of the scrolls that you brought and that you read, the lore. And the lore was that there was some creature that Atonia herself had imprisoned here due to some terrible thing that it had done to offend her. And that that was why people were uh, sort of 
not able to go here anymore and you know it was such a dangerous place was that this thing was there no one really knew what it was or why it was there but just based on the way it looks it, it looks like it was imprisoned here and it's it stayed here until it died okay so jim after thinking through that says okay i think we don't have to worry about the big scary thing that was supposed to be here on the island because i think this is it <laughs> well that's a relief so now how do we find the old elf? Uh, is there further places to go in here, or is this just kind of the whole thing? It's a big stone door right in the middle of the room. Does it have one of those slots for it? It doesn't have slots, but it does have a symbol on it, and it's the same symbol. And But there's also a lot of writing. Actually, as you, you go up to it, and I'll just kind of piggyback on the investigation check you just gave, because it's really not that hard to see with the shining light and your cloak. Uh, or your robe, I should say. There is a symbol. It's much larger than the one that was on the stone door outside. It's not like, oh, put your token here. It's a very large symbol of the Triquetra of Atonia. So the way it looks, I don't know if, Mike, I don't know if you and Ale have seen it. I don't know if I've released it or put it out anywhere or what. But it's basically like three uh, looping portions, kind of like a flower, sort of looks like a flower. And then there's a central part. There's usually a symbol in each one. Like one has a leaf in it, one has a branch, and one has a root. No, one has a seed, I'm sorry. A leaf, a root, and a seed. Mm-hmm. And that's that's also the way the canopy was built. So, mm-hmm. But where this thing is, and it would look like that, there's no symbol inside the three parts. So there's no symbol for the seed, no symbol for the root, no symbol for the uh, leaf. But there are words written above each. So here's what you got. You got this symbol that's blank. You have a word above each one. And the three words are in different languages. Uh, are you all kind of standing there looking at it? Yes. All yes. right. All right. Above one, uh, let's see. Ayla, you see above one very clearly written in Elvish, there is a word. And it says life. Uh, you're there, aren't you, Minnie? Minnie, you see another one that is clearly written in Gnomish. Next to it, it says death. Me. And then there's a third one, and I've looked over your languages, and no one speaks this language. It's a language that none of you understand. Mm. That's that's great. Jim looks at the language intently and tries to figure out if he has a dictionary for that language somewhere. Can he recognize what language it is? Um, It looks familiar. So you know that one is elf, elvish, right? One is elvish. Mm Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because what elves, right? Atonia. One is gnomish, which makes sense, right? Because Atonia, forest gnomes. And then the other, it looks like maybe you've seen it before. Why don't you roll me a history check? So that is 16. Okay. You think that maybe it's halfling language. Okay. But you do have something, Jim, that you could use. What do I have? You have the eyes of the runekeeper. What's that? It's one of your Eldritch invocations. Oh, that's right. This is the first time I've played Jim in like... Long time. Months. <laughs> yes. So I am going to use my thing that Paul just said. The <laughs> Eyes of the Runekeeper. You can read all yes. writing. So Jim's like, hey, I can read this. And he flips a switch beside his eyeball. And suddenly he can read it. He said he flipped the switch on his eyeball. Yeah, right beside his eyeball. Flip the little language reading uh, switch, and you see that it is next to what would typically be the seed portion. 
and it is in the halfling language, and it reads birth. So birth, life, and death. This one says birth, guys. When you say birth, the symbol of the seed glows in the center of its spot there, its place. It glows in its place. Mm. I'm going to say life. Mm. <laughs> okay, so Ayla, you step up and you speak life. Do you say it in common or do you say it in elven? I would like to say it in the elvish language. Elvish, I said elvish. And that's a good point. I, I, I may have slipped up there. You would have needed to say it in the halfling language too there, Jim. I, I say it in halfling. Yeah, you did that. We'll just, you just you're just you good. I say friend. Yes. In Dorvish. And then she says it in uh, Elvish, and when she does, the root side, which typically glows a dark red, it glows with that symbol, with a red light. And Minnie sees this. Mm-hmm. So she walks up, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's way, way up there. She can't really reach it. But she's going to holler out, death, in... Uh, Gnomish. Gnomish. Okay. You do that, and when you do, the leaf symbol glows with the token green color. And now, with all three portions glowing and all the symbols present, the door glows with a light all around it, and it slowly swings open. And as it does, Jim, you have a strong sense of deja vu. As a light shines through this doorway, and you are strongly reminded of standing there inside the Corrine as Elevonre cut a doorway open in space. Hmm, I think this leads to another plane. So we should we'll go. go through? Yeah. Let's go through. Yes, sir. And she just walks. <laughs> All right, Minnie jumps in. Who's next? I'll go. I'm okay. going to follow behind Harbinger. Okay. And I'll hop in last, taking one last furtive glance around to make sure there's nothing in here that might get us. You don't see anything. You step through the doorway. And you feel a similar sort of sensation as you have felt once before, Jim, or maybe a couple times now, as you are transported onto another plane. You all step out, and stepping through this very bright doorway, you're surrounded by a white light, and then your feet have purchase on firm ground, and the light uh, is still shining behind you, the doorway standing there, bright. Hmm. But around you is almost total darkness. Not like a sort of magical darkness or anything like that. It it looks like nighttime, except with no stars and no moonlight overhead. Mm. It's just very dark. You know, not not unlike the room you were just in. Maybe not quite as dark, actually. But you see the light of the doorway behind you shining very brightly. And far up ahead, you see a small orange glow. Looks kind of like maybe uh, the glow of like a campfire. Oh. Sir, there's a campfire. Let's approach. Yeah, I'm going to carefully, quietly move forward towards that. Okay, give me another stealth check, Ayla. It is a 23. Okay, that's excellent. So you are you are sneaking. You are kind of hugging the shadows, following along, but trying to keep your distance just a bit. I'm assuming that many you just kind of walk forward, or are you sneaking as well? Mm, I thought about sneaking. It's up to you. You tell me what you're doing. Well, I'll just walk forward. Since it's dark, I would probably do the uh, cantrip still. Okay. That I was doing in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I want Harbinger to be able to see. So. Okay. And I know there's a campfire, but whatever. So, yeah, I'm going to walk up there. I ain't scared. Okay. Follow and try to walk next to Minnie. I am going to continue observing 
as much as I can while approaching. You all walk forward. You're yards away from this glowing orange light of what you assume to be some sort of like a campfire. Like I said, it's very dark. There's no wind blowing through here, no stars, nothing, especially for the three of you that have never been here. There's a weird feeling in the air. Very, very strange, very unnatural. Jim, you are having some serious deja vu vibes here, you know, being back in this place. There's just a sort of feeling to it. And as you move forward, uh, as you all approach, you can see up ahead, there is a small, like a hut, okay? As you're approaching in the glow of this orange light, you can see this small wooden hut. It seems to have been poorly built by branches, uh, made of branches and dead leaves, but the branches are solid black. You can see these branches sort of interwoven, making this little hut and the roof made out of just like dead gray. They're, it's weird. They're like gray leaves. It's weird. You've probably never really seen anything like that. They're very large, draped over the roof of this hut, just, just made there. And as you get closer, you can see illuminated just behind the hut, right up against it, looming over it. And reaching far up toward what you assume to be a sky or a ceiling, Jim, you know what the ceiling of this place kind of looks like, is what you assume to be the source of these black branches. It is an enormous dead tree. The tree. We did not save it. It's looming over this hut. Its branches just hanging low and they look twisted and gnarled and black. Black as darkness. Sir, you said this is the tree? This is the tree. What tree? This is what led to Elevandre disappearing. Our search for this tree. Here we are again. You all step forward a little farther and now that you're kind of stepping up closer to this uh, hut, you see something moving and it's at that moment that your eyes are drawn away from the tree, which just immediately took your gaze. And there's no campfire. There's actually something standing there in front of this hut and it is emanating orange light, just glowing, kind of radiating from it. Uh, it's not hard to look on it. It's just, it sort of has a glow that is illuminating the area. And what you see is a little orange figure down on all fours. It's like a big cat, about the size of maybe a Great Dane. It looks like maybe it's got like a mane growing, like a lion's mane, but it's very young. You know what I mean? It's not fully formed its mane, and it steps forward, and it sees you all coming, and it says, Who approaches this tree? The leaf guard. Beware. I am Ovi, guard of the grove. Ovi, you look different from last time we met. Little elven person, what are you doing here? Why does the cat talk? I am no cat. I am a mighty Androsphinx, lord of this grove. You would do well to remember it. Big metal person. Sorry. What brings you here? Sir, we are on a mission. We're here to find Elevonre, Honorius. He comes walking towards you guys and he just like comes right up to you, Jim, he says. I see you are doing well, little elven person. Yes, and uh, likewise, you seem to have uh, 
gotten younger. Well, smaller. Atonia, she has granted me new life. And I, I'll, uh, I'll get there. All things in due time. But tell me, Jim, why have you brought these strangers and returned to this place? We are seeking the Archdruid. We have word from Atonia that he may be here. You're searching for Elovanre. This is true. Well, he is here. Well, where is he? He sort of stops. He, he looks at the other three of you, and he says, I am Ovi, guardian of the grove. Tell me your names, please. I am Mindred Timbers. Mindred, you are of the children of Atonia. I can sense this. Yes, sir. I sense great power in you, such a small form. I do my best. Take it from me. Sometimes, just how short of stature you are does not tell the sort of power that lies inside. I'm a ferocious beast if I want to be. Don't let my small form fool you. And what of you, gigantic metal person? I am Harbinger. That's a very ominous name, Harbinger. What are you the Harbinger of? I do not know, for I was recently given a new task to protect this elf. I see. So you are one of the ancient warriors from the War of Light. Yes. Hmm. I shall ponder this, Harbinger. And you, Elf, what is your name? I am Isla Amakir. Isla. That is a good name. I am O.V. This is my home. It is not what it once was, but I hope that by the power of Atonia that it will soon be restored. She upholds it now. She is trying her best to reform it. But I am afraid that there is a corruption that has taken root here. And as he says that, you guys sort of feel this ominous presence, like radiating from behind him. Well, you seek Elevandre, my friend. He is here in this hut. I, I made this hut for him to protect him. From what? The corruption. Is he in the hut now? He is, but I should warn you. He is not himself. Is he the corruption? No. He came seeking his... his grandson. Kellen, yes, the little... the gnome. He was here. I remember he was so distraught. But... Kellen was gone. The goddess took him, and I told him that, but... Well, you remember the state of things once the stone was taken. And Elevonre was caught in that storm of darkness. And now he is not himself. Is there anything we can do to help? Would a healing potion, or is it deeper? I don't think that simple healing magic would help, but perhaps you can go go inside if you must. See for yourself. I go inside. Minnie walks in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You all approach, and the door to this hut is really more of just like a draped cloth woven from leaves or something like that. It looks like Ovi has put this place together with what he could find. 
You step inside and you see two things. The first thing you see is a pile of mounded earth. And sticking up out of the center of this mound is a long black sword. Uh. Jim, I'm sure that that strikes you a little bit, but you don't have much time to ponder as behind it, something starts moving in this darkness and this with the glow of the flame in Minnie's hand, you see a figure. You see the roots of the tree, black as coal, sticking up out of the ground, and they are dug into the form of a elven man who is held up off of the ground by these roots. And you see these black tendrils pierced into his body in different places. And on his tan skin, you see the lines of these black tendrils of power, this corruption. And he looks much more frail and powerless than he did the last time you saw him. But he looks up at the four of you and his eyes are clouded but not blackened. And he speaks. Why have you come here? We came to seek you, bring you back. Sir, we were sent. We were sent to save you. Who, who are you? I'm Jim. Jim. Yes. Jim. This name... I remember something. I was with your grandson. Kevin. You see him kind of lift his head up and, and like a little bit of awareness comes back into his eyes for just a second. But then he hangs his head down again. Kevin is gone. Everything is lost. No, it's... Kevin is... Uh, he, he left on a mission for Atonia. The elf, the dark bolt, he is dead. That's true. The tree is dead. Also true. The star is gone. All is lost. All is not lost, sir. He is coming. Who? I sense him. And you guys can sort of see these black roots pulsing. And as they are, you feel this just malice radiating off of him. The crooked father. He is coming. We we won't let that happen, sir. The stone is gone. You will not stop it. And these roots sort of lower him to the ground. And as his feet touch the ground, more of these roots just sort of like piercing and punching themselves up out of the dirt. And they just bust this hut wide open, blowing it back, and there's a dark wind that blows toward the four of you, and he says, You have come for nothing. This elf, he is nothing. All is lost, and you will die here. We will fight you. I pull out my great sword. <laughs> I guess we should probably roll initiative. <laughs> Five. I got eight, actually. I have a five. I got a seven. 
Wow. None of you guys rolled over a 10. Yep, we rolled real, real not good yep. this time. Feeling good about this, guys. We're all going to get hit in the face. Should have uh, took a short rest, everybody. <laughs> so there is now a uh, not-himself archdruid. He is suspended off of the ground, held up by the great roots of this tree. You get the feeling that he is not in control of his own like f- senses and faculties. So the first thing that's going to happen as he knocks this thing back, Ovi sort of shrinks back, but his light is glowing, it's flowing out of him and lighting up this area enough for you guys to see. So that's not going to hinder any of your attacking or anything like that. But he is not he is not actively engaging. And now it is Elevonre's turn. He is going to first thing look down at all of you. Oh no. He's gonna hold a hand out towards you guys. And he is immediately going to cast a spell in your direction. It is a wall of fire. So this black fire just materializes. uh, And it just kind of burns up from the ground between where he is and where you guys are. It's about like 60 feet long and 20 feet high and one foot thick. And it is just separating you and him. I'm going to say that... Who was in the front? Manny. Mini and probably me. I'll say you two need to make me a dexterity saving throw. Aye, aye, Captain. I'll say it busts up right where you're at. And this is like a black fire, but it burns like regular fire. I have advantage on dex saves when I can see where they came from. Okay. That's a non-natural 20. Okay, so you save. So that's a 14. Unfortunately, that is not enough. Many, the fist flame like licks up around you, and when it does, you're going to take some damage. And Harbinger, you're going to take half of this, okay? So, Felicia, Mini is going to take 17 fire damage, and uh, Harbinger, you're going to take half of that. So you'll take 8 fire damage. As this wall just bursts up between you four, and he says, I will claim your lives here. And now it is Mini's turn. So. So. I'm about to hit him hard. Okay. Now, Minnie, being Leaf Guard, is not going to want... Like, she's nervous about even shooting toward Elvonry. Mm-hmm. But with the thing sticking out of him, mm-hmm. she is going to Thunder Wave. At what level? I guess second level. Okay. I'll say that the fire won't really get in the way of that. How does it look when you cast that? All of a sudden, she's going to, like, be really focused on her, you know, on him in the air mm-hmm. or whatever. And you see her eyes turn gold like she did when she turned into a, the direwolf. Right. And you kind of see a little bit of, like, static shock come from her eyes. Okay. And then all of a sudden, she just points up with her hands mm-hmm. and, like, directs it. It's a burst of thunder. Yeah. So, he got a 16. And your spell save is a 14. So roll three d8s, and he takes half of that. Three, a seven, and a one. So he takes five damage. Wow, that was that's garbage. Okay, so when you do that, it kind of hits in a wave, so it would hit more than one person. This black fire, if anything, makes it a little more difficult to see. But you do notice that as you're like the power of that thunder like hits those roots that are coming up, that you hear this sort of shrill noise coming from like out of him, but it doesn't come like out of his mouth. It's weird. Hmm. Okay. Now it is Ayla's turn. 
I was a little bit nervous about shooting Monray too. <laughs> um, but I will target him with the insightful fighting first. Okay. Oh, I got a nat 20. Oh, wow. Well done. Okay. He did not, so That's really you win. Good. All right. Um, and Excellent. then I will use my long bow. Can I target it at the things coming out of the ground mostly? Yeah, you can target those things. Okay. So I'm going to aim towards them okay. with my longbow. So that is a 19 to hit. Mm, that's a hit. Okay. 21. Jeez. Okay. So you cue up your eyes. And it's hard to see a little bit because of this black flame. But it's sort of moving. And I didn't mention this. I should, I'll should. i mention it now. Like where the flame wall is, the heat is so like pressing and unbearable where you are that you kind of have to step back away from it so like all of you were pushed back from it but like uh, many on your turn you would have needed to step back from it in order or or else it was burning you you know what i'm saying like you had to pull back from it but that's fine i mean it's just like a reactionary thing it's burning you so you step back because you weren't trying to press through it right same thing with you ayla you fire your arrow off and you're looking for sort of a perfect opportunity because he's high up enough that you can see those roots and those tendrils and one of your arrows sinks into it and when it does you hear this shriek you hear him yelling but it's like the shriek is coming from beyond him does that make sense it's like Mm -hmm. you can hear his yell but you also hear this like shrill piercing cry coming out from like deep inside of him and not out of his voice Mm -hmm. do you have something else you wanted to do I'm within a safe distance of the flame right now. He yeah. said we were yeah, back. Are. Okay, so I will okay. just stay where I'm at right now. Okay, Harbinger. He's up in the air, right? Uh, he's not like high up in the air. You know, he he's low down enough that you could reach him. And then with a melee attack. How close is he? You were the fire basically came right where you were. Okay. So you're within ten feet of him. If you stay where you are right now, then you'll take damage. Or if you try to move through the fire, you might take damage. Yeah, I'm gonna try uh, to move through I'm gonna rage and then try to move through the fire. Okay, so you're gonna try and run through the fire. Yep. All right. And actually, hold on just a second. When she hits him with that arrow, he needs to make a constitution save. Oh boy. He fails. So when you hit him with that arrow, the fire just dissipates. So yeah. You don't even have to do that. You can just run right toward him. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to run at him. Okay. And I'm going to attack him with my greatsword while raging, and I'm going to do reckless attacks. Are you going straight at him? Uh, I'm going to try to get as much like the black tendrils connected to him, but okay, I'm not being I'm... super careful, I'll be honest. Okay. All right. That's fine. I just wanted to make sure. Um, that is a natural 19... That's a hit. 14 damage with the first attack. Okay. That's a natural 17. That's a hit. Okay. And that's another 15 damage. Okay. I'm just trying to hack away at those black tendrils. That will be the end of my turn, I think. Okay, so you step up and you slash this sword across him. And, you know, you do hit some of those roots and such, but you also, like, slash across his body. And when you do, he yells out just in pain. He looks almost like he's losing it for a second. But as you hit him the second time, his head like snaps down and he makes eye contact with you again. And he is going to take a legendary action. And I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Say uh, 14. Okay, that uh, is not enough. And you are paralyzed. You feel all of your metal and your wood 
Sanu just completely go rigid and you are unable to move as he is casting Hold Person on you. Hey, good to know. And uh, now it is Jim's turn. Jim, you see as Harbinger goes up and is just slashed across the chest of Elevonre. Blood is coming out, but also he is sort of severing some of these roots. And then you see Elevonre like look down at him and hold his hand out, and suddenly Harbinger is just frozen in place. Okay, so I see all of that, and I'm like, mm, I don't want none of that. So I cast <laughs> Armor of Agathus. Okay. So basically that means I get 15 temporary hit points, Mm -hmm. and on top of that, anything that does melee damage to me takes 15 cold damage. Okay. Do you? It's like this frosty armor just kind of all up and around me. And that's an action, so I kind of just stay where I'm at. As long as I can, I'm in range to get close to them for next round. You're in range. You see just kind of all this pandemonium happening. Yeah. And I also yell, Elevandre, you don't have to do this. He, at the moment, locked into a sort of mental combat with uh, Harbinger. He doesn't immediately respond. But as it's rolling around to his turn and he is holding person down on Harbinger, you see him sort of like twitch and, and look up at you, Jim. And his eyes sort of get that glossy, clouded look again for a second. And he says, Jim, you... You, you must, must kill, kill me. No. And then his eyes like just go black again, and those roots lift him up just a little bit higher, and then he holds his hands out, and he casts another spell down on the four of you. Well, I say on the four of you, he basically fire starts raining from heaven. Uh, the skies open up, and these black balls of fire start falling down all around you, each one falling in a 10-foot cube. And uh, let's see. I need all of you to make me a dexterity saving throw. I take it I just fail. Yeah, I think Frozen, you automatically fail when you're paralyzed, don't you? 15. I got a 16. 25. Okay, 25 is a success. Everything else is a failure. Oof. Oh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The 16 is a success. Sorry. Uh, I thought you said I thought it was 14. So 15's not, but 16 is. So, Jim, you're going to take some damage. You're actually all going to take some damage, but uh, it's a lot. So these black flames start falling from heaven. How's everybody doing on HP? I'm not. Uh, we'll find uh, out. I'm okay. I'm probably down. So, Jim, you failed and Harbinger fails. Harbinger, you take 36 points of fire damage. Jim, you also take 36 points of fire damage. Wow. Ayla, you take 18 points of fire damage. Can I have that with uncanny dodge? Yes. So you can drop it down to nine. Way to go. And (laughs) Minnie, you take 18 points of fire damage. I'm down. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you already took some fire damage. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Gotta watch out for that fire. Me gets dropped. Well, see ya. Oh, you're not dead. You're just down. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think with, when you're that small, you just yeah, automatically you just, die. just burns you right up. So you're these shaking. black balls of fire just start raining down from heaven all around you like a like a giant hailstorm, but you know, ten foot cubes of fire. <laughs> I mean. It's very like end times here as this black firestorm comes raining down against all of you guys. 
In fact, you see the, the pieces of the hut that was there, they catch fire. Ovi, he's not in the area that it was dropped down, but he's like backing up and things just look, it's just, a, it's very devastating. It's a devastating mess as all this is falling down around you guys. And you hear that sort of sickly voice like rise up out of Elvon Ray's chest again. And he says, I will not let you live. He is coming. Many, it's your turn. I need you to make me a death saving throw. <clears throat> gosh. It's a natural one. Oh my gosh. You're not dead, but that's. I'm dead! That's two failures. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, that took a really bad turn. Okay. Ayla, things look bad. Uh, okay. Minnie is on the ground in bad shape. Elvonre is held up by these roots and he's looking down on you all and he's just declaring your death, but you know, you realize it's not him. There's something controlling him, right? But you also noticed how that your last attack was, it seemed to have a different sort of effect on him. You hear this like sick laughter coming out of Elvonre. <laughs> And it like cuts off for a second and he looks down. Jim, please do what must be done, Jim. And it's your turn. Okay, yep. Probably just straight into him this time. With my longbow. And that is a 25 to hit. That hits. Oh, max God. damage okay. on. You're not gonna believe me, but I did. Three of the four dice. <laughs> I wow. believe you. <laughs> 26 damage. Holy crow. Wow. So your arrow just, just, I mean, true as true can be, goes flying through the darkness and it just cracks into Elevonre's chest. And when it does, you hear this howl just rip out of him. He falls. He's not dead or anything like that, but he falls to the ground onto one knee and many of those roots are just snapped off and he coughs up a great cough of blood and you can see in the light that it's both red and black like this stuff coming out of him is he still attached to any of those he is okay all right so that that'll be the end of my turn for now and and i'll just yell i'm so sorry and that'll be the end of my turn it is now your turn harbinger i think i'm still held correct uh, well, you know what? He took damage. Uh, he took a lot of damage just then. Mm-hmm. So his DC to maintain concentration was 26, 10 plus half of that, which is 13. So, yeah, he did not get a 23. He does not maintain concentration. His spell is broken. That sounds sounds good. And you're able to move again. He is now on the ground in front of you, coughing up blood and blackness, and you see one of these like roots that has been broken off, like pulling itself back into the ground. Mm-hmm. And you see another one doing the same thing, and then you see another one like coming up out of the ground and crawling toward him, trying to like reattach itself to him. So does he have any other roots attached to him right now? He does. He has a couple still like running into his back. Okay, so I'm going to try to sever those where his back comes from, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to do it recklessly. So Okay. Uh, natural 20. Oh, wow. Yes. Holy cow. Go ahead and roll that beautiful dice footage. Mm-hmm. That's 17 damage off the first attack. Okay. 
and then I'll attack again. That is a non-natural 20. Okay, that is also a hit. Nine damage. And I'm going to use frenzied attack as a bonus action. So I get an extra attack as a bonus action. (laughs) Okay, so you severed every root that was attached to him just then. Okay. Like You literally, with your two attacks, you just sever them. And so with your third attack, you can swing at some of them that are coming toward him, if you want. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Okay. Um, natural 18 on the dice. Okay, that's that's a hit. That's 17 damage. So you slash these other roots back, and now you notice that like there are many of these open roots that have been broken off of them and that have been cut, and they're just kind of eking out this black goop, ecor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Elevonre is now on his knees, and he is just like coughing up all of this black stuff that's down inside of him. <laughs> but he is also gravely wounded. He has an arrow stuck right through the center of his chest. Uh, he's got big slashes where you've cut across him with the greatsword. He looks like he hasn't eaten in a very long time. He, he already looks rough. And he is sort of trying to pull himself and crawl away. He's pulled himself up pretty close to where Minnie is, and uh, you are standing there just swinging back and forth, batting back these roots and these tendrils that are coming out of the tree. And at that moment, you feel as the earth starts to shake beneath your feet, and all the roots of this tree just lunge forward at once, slashing towards you. And Harbinger, you, you feel as they start to like grab you, lift you up, and go to pierce your skin. But at that moment, there's a very bright light. And the bright light comes from Ovi. And then you hear this roar just light up the place. And when it does, it just burns back these tendrils, these roots. You're dropped. And you hear this this squealing and the screeching still coming out of this tree. But you get the picture that now that it's no longer attached to Elevonry, it's they seem to be getting slower and slower and weaker and weaker. After a few moments with this shining light, kind of like a Patronus, pushing back the darkness from these tendrils and this tree, it stops. And Elevonre is down on his knees behind you, still trying to crawl forward and gravely, gravely wounded. And Ovi kind of walks over toward him. He's sort of stumbling as he does. And he says... I knew I still had it in me. And then he just kind of falls down unconscious. So I just start picking up everybody and moving away from the tree and just trying okay. to pick up the Lavandre and Minnie. Maybe when I get to Minnie, giving a health oh, potion. I was going to say health potions. <laughs> I was going to see okay. if that would be nice. All right. You go over, and uh, as you're getting Elevonre and starting to pull everyone away, Jim, you step forward, and you can see and hear now the tree is its cracking like branches breaking. And you can see that it's starting to just fall apart. I look at it and then start stepping back. As you're stepping back, you see as as great portions of the bark along the front of it are just like breaking off and falling 
and they all fall around where that hut was, falling down over the mound with the odachi sticking up out of it, and the tree is just basically crumbling and falling down like ashes and just portions of rotten dead tree all over the remains of the hut and over Lorik's body. And all this is happening, and you're all kind of backing away, and Ayla is administering a healing potion to many, and many you you feel life surge back into you. And Elvonre is is lying there, and uh, he he looks up and he says, "Jim, Jim, yes, Jim, I do not think I'm going to live, Jim. You must. You say that my my grandson he lives, yes, he does. And my daughter, she is okay. She is all right. She's she's healthy. She's strong." Nephile, he will, he will be a good archdruid for our people. No, you, you will be a good archdruid. You have been and you... Jim, I have lived lifetimes upon lifetimes. My time has come to an end, Jim. Will you return my body to my people? This I shall do. He looks up. I'm assuming that you're still holding him, Harbinger. Thank you, warrior. Thank you for setting me free from this corruption. And elf, thank you. Thank you for for doing as I asked. It was my honor to serve you, sir. And you, Minnie, you... He coughs. <laughs> you will be great. And then he sort of gives a little grin and he takes his last breath. Elevandre! So heavy. <laughs> that is not cool. But okay. Jim quietly whispers, What do I tell Kellen? And as the four of you turn, facing the light of the shining doorway and you step through carrying the body of the archdruid I think that's where we're going to end it hmm. in the arms of <laughs> oh, oh my gosh oh man oh.